This is the Dungeon Master's Handbook. Michael, also known as Chicago Wiz. Thanks for listening. Well, it is happening. I am actually going to start gaming again. Um, as in face-to-face gaming, as in getting close to people, and uh, I've missed it. I've missed the spectacle. I've missed the, the uh, tactile interaction. I've missed the... Uh, the, the energy and the camaraderie. I've missed the the whole production. I've just missed it all. And I'm really glad that uh, things have progressed now to where I can uh, actually do this again. Restarting a campaign is something I'm a little familiar with, but this time it's different. And uh, this episode is going to go into a little bit of that. I don't like to wander and I don't like to have long episodes, so I'm going to try to keep this brief, succinct, and I think the best way is to review the, feels like many games that I have, where I'm at, what I'm doing. Um, I think the first one to cover is the one that I'm struggling with the most, and that is the uh, one-on-one game I had with my wife. We had been doing this on and off, hit and miss, oh, since about 2008-2009. And I want to say for the past, well, even before COVID, um, it was stuck. And it was stuck because I got stuck. Uh, the, the way the game progressed, it progressed into an area that I'm not familiar and altogether comfortable DMing. Um, it, it, it's going to involve um, a lot of social interaction and social plots, and I'm not sure how to adjudicate that. I'm not sure how to uh, walk her through that in such a way that it would be satisfying for both of us. And so, in typical fashion, I've just stuck my head in the sand and we just really haven't gamed. And, and I, I feel terribly guilty about it. It's actually something that, that weighs on me heavily. And so I'm still casting about for that. Um, certainly if you have any suggestions, maybe even if there's an old school compatible process that I could map out social uh, social interaction or two. The the setting is devious elves and fae. Uh, think of like um, uh, the Sealy Court, that kind of thing. Elves are chaotic. Elves aren't to be trusted. They have plots within plots. Uh, they are very devious, very charming socially, very, uh, you know, uh, you never know if what they're saying is true or not. But to disbelieve them is just as dangerous as it is to believe them. That kind of thing. Um, I built these people up like that. 
and now I can't deliver. And oh my God, it's embarrassing. Yes, I'm, I'm actually really embarrassed about this. But there it is. That's the one that I'm mainly struggling with and I'm still at a dead still. Let's talk about the three AD&D games in my Etnera campaign. Uh, the one that's easiest to talk about is my play-by-post game. We managed to keep that going during COVID. Now, albeit at some points it was very slow, and I apologize for the road noise. Uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to edit it out, or the motorcycle sounds coming next to me. Um, I've got the phone as close to my mouth as I can. Hopefully the audio is decent. Um, I'm sorry. Anyway, at Nera play-by-post. Um, sometimes the postings were once a month uh, during the hardest part of COVID, but fortunately we've kept it going. So not much restarting there, but some of the other um, techniques that I'm using to rediscover my online game and my face-to-face game, I'm using to strengthen my play-by-post game. And so what is that? Um, part of it is organization. Now, I was always fortunate in that I had a decent setup with my wiki. So I kept track of player-facing information via my wiki. And it was, uh, you know, a place where I could put information, direct people to. But I think probably I'm the one that uses the wiki the most, Um in, in terms of making sure that I keep my facts straight. So the, the downside to that is I need to keep it updated. Now, I take decent notes on a game-by-game basis, and by that I mean I will write down who the players interact with, what is the summary of that interaction, if I have any lore bits that I need to think about, or if I make things up on the fly, uh, if there's questions from the players that I need to answer, such as one question that a uh, player asked, how do people do mapping without longitude and latitude? Is there longitude and latitude in my campaign? Well, I didn't have a really good answer. I had to think about it. I came up with one. Uh, It's mainly magical for those who know and those who don't. It's a lot of oral history and knowing that there's a main road system and tracking things by where the roads are. That's why my maps aren't always very accurate, the ones I give out to the players. Anyway, stuff like that. Um, So I, I keep good notes during the game. I have a little system where I will use icons in the margin, like a question mark or an exclamation point or uh, an I, so that when I'm going back later through my notes, I know to do something with that information, whether it's answer a question, whether it's note this down in the wiki, or whether it's I keep track of it with my NPCs. And that's the other thing that I have, is I have for each campaign a living document that basically gives me three key pieces of information. Who the NPCs are, what is something important about them going on right now, what faction or factions they're with, and if there's any long-term goals that they have. 
Now, I'll also have other bits of information about the NPCs in my keys. So, like, if I have a key for, say, the town of Venonia or the town of Geierford or the city of Tania, um, those keys will contain information about the NPCs. You know, who they are, their stats, things about them, um, sometimes ongoing information, you know, as they grow, because my NPCs do grow and change and, and, and develop. Um, I'll keep information about them with the key. But in terms of like where they're at right this second, what their goals are, what, what you know, what they're doing, um, kind of the overall state of the game world, if you will, it's in this one document. And again, I use my game notes and I try to, and, and sometimes I'm successful and other times it, <laughs> sometimes I've got to go back, you know, four or five, 10, 12 sessions <laughs> and update it. But I do update it. And that helps to keep me fresh with the NPCs. It helps to keep me current. It helps to keep me, give me an idea of where I was at, what I was thinking, and where I would want to th want things to go. And so as I've been going through all three campaigns, I had done a pretty good job of that with my play-by-post, but I uh, needed to freshen it up a bit. Make sure everything was organized. Some things I rediscovered that I had forgotten during the slowness of the play-by-post. Because play-by-post by its nature is extremely slow. Uh, you know, a, a day in a play-by-post game can be weeks, if not months, of actual real time. So, anyway. So that's where I'm at with the play-by-post game. So restarting the online... Uh, Zoom game. Um, I restarted that, uh, I want to say, shoot, was it about six to nine months ago? Yeah, that feels about right. I don't have my notes right here in front of me. I'm in my car. Um, and that one was easier to restart because the players had actually hit a point a kind of a natural stopping point. Um, they had finished up in in a place where it was easy to pick up the pieces. You know, they had just completed a major uh, happening, if you will. Um, they were about to, you know, kind of reap the rewards of having defeated or at least driven off a major baddie and uh, we were kind of just able to pick things right back up where we were and go from there. Um, here again, having taken good notes helped. Having a smaller campaign, if you will, meaning the scope at this point had been much smaller. They were lower level. Um, you know, their effect on the world was local to regional. So in that aspect, there weren't as many threads that I had to try to pick back up. So that was good. Um, I made it pretty small, the focus small, and, and I, I held a discussion with the players if you want to call it a session zero, 
where we sat down, we talked about what was going on, and we uh, kind of mapped out, well, this is where we think things are, this is how things are going to progress, uh, this is how where we want to restart, and that gave me kind of a plan so that I could go and set down the first few games and kind of get myself re-familiar with where we were going. So I guess much like starting out a campaign, restarting a campaign was very similar. I, I focused on the goals. I focused on what was important, and I focused on, um, you know, where the next game or two wanted to head out because then I could grow into it. You know, I, I didn't have to restart the campaign as a big gulp. I could just nibble at it a little bit and slowly work my way into it. And sure enough, that restart has been, I think, pretty successful. We're meeting at an every other week clip. Uh, it is online with Zoom every Tuesday nights. Um, there's four, uh, I'm sorry, yes, uh, wait. To <laughs> that's bad. I, I forget how many players. Are. Yes, there's four players. Um, there's uh, Obram the Paladin, Brother Calandro the mysterious monk of the Brotherhood of Night. There's Rem the Doughty Fighter, and there's Mort the Druid, who just absolutely is a joy because this player just uh, he really puts himself into his character in a unique way that just makes it a, a very enjoyable to play with. Um, and in fact, this character has challenged me to grow the concept of druids in a different way, much, of a, much as I've had to grow the concept of paladins being champions of deities. Anyway, another topic, another episode. Let's get back to restarting. Um, yeah, so that is my online game. The biggest challenge is going to be my face-to-face -face campaign. Though that has been, it's been about two years, and we are going to meet at the end of the month in May. Um, I've reached out to players. It looks like a good chunk, I want to say, four out of the eight to ten regular players are not going to return. Some have just, I, I, I know they're good, I know they're alive, but they've just fallen out of contact and I'm, I'm reluctant to push, so I'm probably going to just, you know, I don't know. Uh, this is the Aspie talking now who struggles with how to deal with things like that. Uh, one of the players and uh, just hasn't responded at all, and, and I don't think they're interested, and, and the, the, that might be for the case. But unfortunately, one of my most uh, prolific and longest-running players moved. <laughs> and I need to talk about that in a different episode of how we're going to try to keep them part of the campaign. But... Uh, the people that have responded, there's a few that were uh, long-term players. There's a few that were here and there again players. So I don't know what the tabletop campaign is going to be like, but we're going to talk about it. And we're going to do much as I did with the, um, with the online game. We're going to have a session zero. We're going to talk about things. 
The problem is, is that these guys were in the middle of a key portion of the campaign. They were on a quest to recover a major artifact that would be key to dealing with the major big baddie that's threatening the campaign world. They had successfully retrieved the weapon, but unfortunately it was held by a person who is no longer in the campaign or has an express interest in being part of the campaign. And the other person that was really involved with this weapon is the is the player that moved. Okay, well, you know, I can deal with that. I, you know, just as I deal with people jumping in and out of the game, my, my Banff quantum uh, player uh, theory, um, <laughs> you're there and you're not there all at the same time. Anyway, um, so, you know, I can deal with that, but it's extracting them from the dungeon. Uh, this was this was a mega dungeon that they were in. Uh, it had three distinct areas, but it was sprawling in those three. Actually, no, four areas. I apologize, because there's a fourth area that they don't know about. Um, so... I think that this, at least my approach to session zero, is to kind of talk through and gather likely outcomes. And, 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 you know, let the players, you know, contribute to the narrative from a let's sit around a table, eat some food, drink some drink, and talk about it. And, and my hope, or at least my goal of coming out of this is that We've gotten the players out of, or the characters rather, out of the dungeon into somewhat of a stable state so that we can pick it up from that stable state. Uh, you know, and, and where, where, where do they think they would have gone? What do they think they would have done? You know, um, and so we're not going to do the battles. We're not going to do the, uh, you know, we're not going to go room by room. This is more of almost going to be going from event to event. So in my head, I'm, I've kind of mapped out, if you will, where the participants are, what they're doing, if the players were not there. So that way, as we talk through the scenarios, I can look at each group or faction node, if you will, and see, are they affected by the player decision? Um, and what would these factions do as a result of that? And so I can go through, map that out. That gives me an idea of where things are at. Um, you know, if I need to resolve something randomly, I can do it at that point as well. And then just get everything into a stable state and then go from there. I've never done anything like this before, so if you have, um, I would be uh, you know, greatly appreciative and, and interested in, uh, in, in hearing your experiences on doing this. And I've been already updating my uh, keys and my NPC notes on the uh, tabletop campaign, but these players were affecting regional and worldwide events. They had gotten into the uh, 
fourth to sixth level. And so they were starting to get known worldwide. So their effect is, um, it's, it's, you know, I've got more work to do, but I'm breaking it off into manageable chunks. And then lastly, that brings me to my War Games campaign. Now, fortunately, that is um, easy enough. I did keep copious notes, so I can easily pick that up where I left off. My sticking point is finding a set of siege rules that is somehow compatible with the war games that I use, which are Hordes of the Things based on Debellus Antiquitatus, DBA. Um, I use Ralpartha's Chaos Wars, and I use uh, Dan Collins' Book of War, none of which have interesting or satisfying siege rules. So I've been forced to try to figure out my own, and uh, that's uh, probably a topic for another day. Anyway, this has gone on long enough. This is 20 minutes long of me rambling, so let me end it here. That is how I have restarted or am restarting my campaigns after long pauses, in this case being a pandemic plague COVID, if you will. Um, What do you think? Uh, Let me know in a comment. Let me know in an audio comment. Uh, I'll, I'll leave ways of getting a hold of me in the show notes. I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, Josh and to, uh, I'm sorry, not Josh, oh my god, memory again, Jason, and of Nerds RPV Variety Cast, and um, oh my god, I'm spacing your name from a wee timorous mouse. I'm so sorry, my friend. My I'm driving. My brain is half on work, and um, I'm terrible with names. But uh, two kind uh, notes on my podcast. I appreciate your comments. Uh, thank you for still listening. Thank you for being encouraging. And um, yeah, I will talk to you soon. Until then, game on.